Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm not joined by anyone, although hopefully there'll be someone else on the line later on this, because this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. And if you're new to the podcast, Think on Your Feet is when I play through a scenario live on the cast. I talk you through what I'm doing. I try and describe the story as well, but it's more about how how we play. And this is a big one. This is Where the Gods Dwell, the fourth scenario in the dreaming side of the Dream Eaters, in which I'm playing Mark Harrigan, the soldier. The reason I say it's a big one is this scenario is hard. And <laughs> I don't use that word lightly. I'd say there are probably only three or four scenarios that I would give a big capital H hard rating to. Not that I think I'm great at the game, absolutely not, but just that there are certain scenarios that definitely punish you more than others to the degree where I think, oh, I sort of have to grip my teeth to get through them. And I would put this scenario among those. As we play, we'll maybe talk about some of the reasons why I think it's so hard. But anyway, that means I'm nervous, really nervous. I would really like to get a win with Mark. I think he can do it. And I think we've teched, at least in part, in a good direction to try and get that win. But this is the moment of truth now. doesn't matter how much I've thought about the deck, shuffled my deck, planned beyond recording. This is where it all matters. Game time. So, yeah, let's read a bit of story and get settled in. The white ship sails effortlessly through the ether. Along the way, it passes under archways of woven shadow, over cerulean seas that glimmer in the moonlight, and through vast swathes of dense mist. Eventually you reach a continent far to the north, where even your intrepid captain never ventured. Colossal creatures dwell in the deep, dark ocean, a terrible danger to any ship that dares the dreadful seas. The captain moors the flying ship over a desolate landscape of ice and snow, Several moonbeams emerge from the ship's white hull, forming a gangway to the tundra below. In the distance, through a haze of snowflakes, you can barely make out the shape of a domed building. Welcome to the accursed plateau of Leng, the elderly captain says, with a hint of regret in his voice. You will find no joy or peace here, only death. Please, I must implore you once more to forsake this quest and return to fairer lands. Are you sure this is where you would like to disembark? You nod. The captain sighs in reply. I see. The white ship shall sail no more to this forsaken place, for it shakes me to my core. You are on your own from here. I bid you farewell and good luck, fellow traveller. You cross over bright, vivid moonbeams down onto the bleak expanse below. You will find and scale the peaks of unknown Kadath you will die trying. Ah, Nervous. I've done all my setup. We've got five locations in play. We arrive at the Plateau of Leng. To the south of us is the Cold Wastes. And then below that we have Onyx Gates and the Onyx Castle. And it says that the way to the Onyx Castle is hidden. You cannot enter Onyx Castle. And then there's also off to the left, to the west, the Monastery of Leng. And it says the door to the Monastery of Leng is sealed shut. You cannot enter the Monastery of Leng. So we've really got a corridor of three locations that we can move up and down. 
And I like the symmetry here with um, Weaver of the Cosmos, where you start at the top and work your way down. Descent is a big theme, isn't it, of, of Dream Eaters? Agenda 1A, the Eye of Chaos. I see you there, playing with fate like it is all some sort of game. Did you really think you could escape my grasp? What makes you think you were the one in control? Seven do. Good news, there's no rules text on the agenda. Bad news, we're tangling with a scary being. Act 1A. Journey through the cold wastes. You have come to the land of Leng, a barren icy wasteland where you believe the peak of unknown Kadath resides. All the while a presence taunts you, gnawing at your insides. It is a wordless, derisive voice that you cannot hear but feel within the confines of your mind. We need two clues to advance. Our bag composition, we have three skulls, they're minus X, it's the number of the current act, so at the moment they're minus one. Cultist is reveal another token if you fail, place one doom on the current agenda. And we've got two tablets, minus four, if you fail, choose and reveal a copy of Nihilathotep in your hand. It attacks you and is shuffled into the encounter deck. So later on you'll hear me talking about how important it is to be four up, and there's a combination, I think, skulls become minus fours, and then also you've got the two tablets, so you have six minus fours in the bag, and that tablet effect is particularly nasty. Let's do opening hands. I search my deck through Stick to the Plan for Ever Vigilant, Emergency Cash, and On the Hunt, and that triggers an astounding revelation, so I go up to five resources because my basic weakness is indebted. My opening hand is Vicious Blow Level 2, Shell Shock, Second Wind, Practice Makes Perfect, and Hallowed Mirror. So we set Shellshock aside, and the next card is On the Hunt. I think I mulligan everything apart from the Hallowed Mirror here. On the Hunt is great, but for later. Practice Makes Perfect is alright, but again, when I'm a bit more set up. Second Wind is nice for damage, but not now. And Vicious Blow, I would rather a weapon. So I'm going to chuck everything apart from Hallowed Mirror. And I draw Take the Initiative, Act of Desperation, The Silver Key, and a Vicious Blow. Blimey. That is not great. Vicious Blow 2, Silver Key, Act of Desperation, Take the Initiative, Hallowed Mirror. So how do we proceed? The plateau of Leng where we start, the icy desert plateau of Leng, which no healthy folk visit, and whose evil fires are seen at night from afar. Three shroud, one clue, forced. When an enemy attempts to spawn at an empty location and there are no empty locations in play, spawn that enemy here instead. Okay, so if we were playing in multiplayer and we'd covered all the other locations, enemies could still spawn here. Three shroud, one clue. Would take the initiative, I'd be two up. With the damage, I'd be four up to try and get this clue. So I could just go for the clue, play the hallowed mirror, and then maybe play the cash off, stick to the plan. And if I've used the damage, I've drawn. So this hand, I think, is pretty poor. We've got no weapon, no gret, no flashlight. Um, we do have lots of icons here, but no really good targets for active desperation either. So the way out of this situation, as I see it, is to use Mark's ability to draw us through it. And essentially, we'd like to draw enough that we can then do a nice big Ever Vigilant hit. So yeah, let's first action take the initiative. We'll take a damage on us, which gives us plus five, so we're seven on three. It draws us another take the initiative. Minus three. Clue. I mean, we went four up there and we got a minus three, so it was maybe worth it. Second action, I think the hallowed mirror does go down because we can then use our ability more aggressively 
and it will draw us through our deck even more. So I'll pay two for that. It puts one soothing melody into my hand and shuffles two into my deck. All shuffled. I don't want a hallowed mirror yet to heal. So we've got a few options here. One option is move down to cold wastes. There's no clue here, so no, no real reason to stay. Another option would be to soothing melody to heal one damage. Don't think it's worth it. Third option is draw, although we can draw anyway with the ability. And fourth option is play emergency cash off the top of stick to the plan. I like the cash option. Gets us up to six resources, seven in upkeep. Nice for an ever vigilant next turn, except we have nothing really in hand that we would ever vigilant. We're kind of gambling that we draw somehow two assets between now and when we want to ever vigilant. Moving. Well, we've just done the movement episode. Do we need to move yet? Probably not. So I'm going to play the cash third action. I think that's the right play. Next turn, potentially we move to the next location. If we draw a cultist that spawns, we could spawn it there and move and potentially punch it if it's an acolyte. Upkeep. I draw a Gret Wagner, level three. Okay, great. And we go up to seven resources. Our first Doom of Seven is played. And my encounter card is an acolyte. Okay. Wow. I'm pleased with that. We could Gret, move, punch the acolyte. And there's a clue at Cold Waste, so we'd get the clue. Let's do it. So I'll place the Acolyte at the Cold Wastes, gets a Doom. Again, I don't think we have a Vigilant here because we can just pay five for Gret. We're down to two resources. Lovely Gret. So now we have plus one Combat and plus one Intellect. So we're 3363 as a stat line. And after you defeat an enemy, exhaust her and deal one damage to her, discover one clue at your location or a connecting location. Second action, we move to the Cold Wastes. Then came a wide gap in the range where the hideous reaches of Transmontane Leng were joined to the cold waste on this side by a low pass through which the stars shone wanly. Two shroud, one clue, forced. After you reveal a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or autofail chaos token while investigating cold wastes, you must either take one damage or lose one action. Well, hopefully we'll do neither because we'll just punch this acolyte and get the clue. We are a six on three punching. We could commit Act of Desperation in hand, or even our one icon take the initiative to go one up, uh, which would take us four up in total, would deal with those two tablets and the minus four. Or we could just gamble. There's basically four tokens in the bag that will fail us. Tentacle, minus four, the two tablets. We could also damage ourselves and go five up and we draw a card. But the reason I'm hesitant about the damage option is that I'm going to damage Gret if I kill this person. So we'll draw a card from that anyway. So it's kind of overkill using the, the ability. I think we gamble. Three up. It's a skull. That is a minus one, which is a kill. The acolyte takes one damage. The doom is removed. We've revealed a skull, but we weren't investigating there. We were fighting. And we'll exhaust Gret and deal her a damage, which draws us a card. It's a perception and gets us a clue. We're up to two clues. That's our three, isn't it? Gret, move, kill. We could pay our two clues in advance. Is it worth it? I think it is. So we'll spend our two clues. I'm not a big fan of advancing at the end of a turn, but I think this one is all right. The Monastery. Traversing the wastes of Leng is no easy task. The cold bites at your skin, and the bitter winds lash against your face. Even if you encounter no nameless monsters, the land itself may still yet claim your life. 
You try desperately to stay warm, but there is no refuge in the icy desolation. Exhausted, you collapse into a nearby snowdrift. To your surprise, you feel hard stone thrust into your ribcage. The pain shocks you out of your innovation, and you brush aside the snow to examine what it hides. Eventually, you uncover a curious stone idol in the shape of a horned creature which glows and vibrates with faint energy. In the distance, you hear a stone slab shifting in the snow. I like that idea for Mark of pain being the thing that sort of drives him onwards. Obviously, it's the mental pain of Sophie and how he's kind of like a raging creature, isn't he? So we need to reveal the monastery and spawn the set-aside high priest not to be described in the Monastery of Leng. When you finally reach the domed temple in the snow, you are distraught to find its doors sealed shut with no lock to speak of. Perhaps there is another way inside. That's the flavour text on the monastery, but we've now revealed it. It's three shroud and two clues. A great domed space whose walls were carved in shocking bas-reliefs and whose centre held a gaping circular pit surrounded by six malignly stained stone altars in a ring. There's a free trigger here. Investigators spend one per investigator clues as a group. Remember that we manoeuvred the priest closer. And the priest is a five fight, three health, three evade, monster, cultist, avatar and elite, alert, massive and retaliate. But it cannot make attacks of opportunity. And there's a free trigger. If it's exhausted, spend one clue. Remember that you stunned the priest until the end of the scenario this enemy gets. Minus three fight. You shudder to think just what this abhorrent priest might be beneath its robes. Act 2A. The Thing in the Robes. Inside the domed structure is a raised dais. Upon it sits a lumpish figure, robed in yellow silk, a mask covering its face. My master has plans for you, it drawls. Now step forward and receive my gift. You shake your head. You have seen this sort of disguise before. You know what sort of creature this priest truly is. No clues, and instead there's just an objective if the high priest not to be described as defeated advance. There's an action as well if an investigator manoeuvred the priest closer and an investigator stunned the priest. So that's those two free triggers for a clue. Defeat high, the high priest not to be described. Huey. So that's the end of turn two for me. Upkeep draws us a 45 automatic and we go up to three resources. Gret readies. We hit two of seven doom and our encounter card is Lore of Igoroth Discord. Secretly add this card to your hand. You cannot commit cards to skill tests with an odd number of total skill icons on them. So that means Silver Key, Soothing Melody, Take the Initiative, and 45 Automatic cannot be committed to skill tests. And as an action, I can discard a player card with an even number of total skill icons from my hand to discard this card from my hand. And that could be Active Desperation, Vicious Blow, or Perception that all have two. So if we were to move in there... We'd be a 6 on 5 fighting. With Vicious Blow, we'd be an 8 on 5. And with a damage, we'd be 10 on 5. There'd be a pretty decent chance that we take it out in one shot. Move, hit, and we could then move back. Or we could try and get rid of Law of Igoroth. Move, attack. If we got rid of the Law of Igoroth, that would free us up to commit, say, a one icon take the initiative. It's not that useful, is it? Hmm. Curious. Now, I detected something slightly odd on the recording there. So I've just reset my recording and started again. I'm really sorry if you can hear disruption on the line. It's an issue I've sometimes come across and 
the only solution I found is to basically restart the computer and blow into the microphone. <laughs> so sorry about that if that's there. I'll try and remove it in the edit, but sometimes it's as I'm speaking. Right, get back in the game. Again, it could be a gamble. If we go for it with the five damage thing, uh, the five up, if we pull a minus four, we don't kill it in one go. And there's, what, four of those in the bag, but anything else and we pass. I think pushing our luck here could slingshot us into a really good place. We're doing well for time. We're on turn three, and we could be at act three by the end of turn three. It's just whether we fancy the gamble. Let's give it a go. First action move. The high priest not to be described, agent of the outer gods, engages us. Second action will commit the vicious blow. It has an even number of total skill icons on it, two, so we're allowed to commit it. And we'll take a damage, taking us up to two, which draws us a practice makes perfect. Um, practiced cards, we've already seen both take the initiative. We've seen one vicious blow and one perception. So there's one more vicious blow, one more perception, and the home front left in the deck. Well, just not too bad. 10 on 5, here we go. Plus 1, okay. That's 3 damage because we succeed by 2 or more and the high priest not to be described is defeated. We have 1 action left, but before we do that we advance. A foul fate. As you strike it down, the creature spits foul curses at you in tongues that can scarcely be described. Its last breath is filled with hate. With the monster dispatched, you can explore its monastery in relative peace. Along the ruined walls of the stone building, tapestries depict the history of this land, a history of blood and suffering that you have no desire to remember when this is all said and done. Great snow-capped peaks loom over each of these scenes. In just one of them, a castle is woven in black thread. Act 3A. Beyond Dreams. You believe that Kadath is the highest peak far to the north, but in order to open the gates leading to that forsaken land, you must prove that it exists. New objective with no clue total. If each investigator is at the onyx gates and there are no clues on it, and no clues are on it, advance. Phew. So we've got one action left. We could damage Gret now to get a clue here, one of these two clues. But in preparing for this episode, I did replay this scenario just to remind myself of the flow of it. And I know that if we get that clue, it's it's wasted. So I'm not going to do that. I think we should get rid of Law of Igoroth because we have eight cards in hand. So I think what we get rid of is the Act of Desperation because we have nothing to throw with it. And the Law of Igoroth is discarded. And that's our three actions. It's this weird thing, isn't it, of thinking your feet. It's, it's just me at the table playing. And I don't want it to be this thing where I have to do loads of training and research to play. I want it to just be be real, as it were, be be unfiltered. But then also with a scenario like this, I felt this like quite hefty pressure to do reasonably well because obviously competing with Peter and want, want that campaign to go well. And also just, um, I don't, I would hate to do badly just because I kind of forgot, oh wait, we lose clues at this point. Or um, I felt really coming into this that I'd never got a really good handle on this scenario in solo anyway. I've beaten it before, but it's always felt just kind of jammy. So I just thought, well, go and practice it then. Play it in standalone a few times. Get your head around the flow of it. And hopefully that means it's a better listening experience as well, that I'm not there going, oh, what happens now? I have no idea. So that's my three. Upkeep draws me a flashlight. Ooh, flashlight and 45 automatic. We're up to four resources. 
that's exactly the right amount to ever vigilant them both into play. And we hit three doom. Our encounter card is Restless Journey Fallacy. Peril hidden. Secretly add this card to your hand. You cannot commit more than one skill card to skill tests each round. And as a free trigger, discard Restless Journey and test Intellect 3. Ugh. If you fail, place one doom on the current agenda. This effect can cause the current agenda to advance. That's not very good. But we're already three on three. We could take the initiative this. That would make us three up. We could even damage ourselves if we wanted to. Draw another card. And then the turn would be ever vigilant, move, move. So yeah, let's take the initiative that's now while it gives us loads of icons. And we'll take a damage. We're on three damage. It draws us an unexpected courage. So we're five up. Plus one again. Wow. Okay. That's all our luck basically used up. First action ever vigilant. And we'll pay one for a flashlight and three for a 45 automatic, taking us to zero resources. Three supplies on the flashlight, four ammo on the automatic, and then we move twice to the onyx gates. Where they dwelt, there must the cold waste lie close, and within it unknown Kadath and its onyx castle for the great ones. It's one shroud and twelve clues. <laughs> As you approach the gates, you notice an inscription in the onyx stone. Do not seek the lands beyond, for they do not exist. These gates shall never open, for there is nothing beyond. It gets plus one per investigator shroud, so it's actually shroud two which is pretty nice for the flashlight. But there's also a forced effect that after it's revealed, check your campaign log, remove one clue from Onyx Gates for each tally mark recorded next to evidence of Kadath. So that drops us down from 12 to one clue because we got 11, which feels amazing. That final turn search for Kadath, getting one more sign of the gods, which worked out as one more evidence of Kadath with the Elder sign. Like, that's so useful here. Next, next turn, hopefully, single action, we, we get this clue and we're ready to go. Hand reminder, we've got Soothing Melody. We do have three damage on us. Silver Key, which is just icons now because the Hallowed Mirror is in play. Perception, Unexpected Courage, and Practice Makes Perfect. So two events, one asset, two skills. Upkeep, we draw a shortcut. And we go up to one resource. We're hurting slightly for resources, but we do have a fully loaded 40, 45 automatic, a full flashlight, Gret Wagner on one damage and the Hallowed Mirror. And we hit four Doom of seven. And our encounter card is another Restless Journey. This time it's Restless Journey Lies. You cannot commit more than one card to skill tests each round. Irritating. And it's the same thing. It's Test Agility 3 this time. If you fail, place one Doom on the current agenda. So with a damage and the Unexpected Courage would be four up, which would be nice. We should probably heal some damage first, though, shouldn't we? So maybe this turn is damage clue, clear restless journeys, which isn't an action. We'd have one action left. So yeah, let's play Soothing Melody first. We go back down to one damage and we draw another card. It's the home front. Lovely. Well, this practice makes perfect. I think it only has a single target now, uh, the other perception in the deck. So potentially we're just committing that for willpower or uh, intellect icon. We'll commit Unexpected Courage and take a damage drawing a second wind, well that sets up nicely, to try this Restless Journey Lies test. Skull, that's a minus three because we are on Act 3, but that's still a pass. You might be wondering at this point, I've just had two hidden cards in my hand, no, three hidden cards in my hand that I've worked quite hard to get rid of. That to me is really important in this scenario. Partly it's because we draw loads of cards as Mark, so we always 
get close to overdrawing, sometimes even overdraw, and hidden cards just exacerbate that. But also it's because of what's about to happen, where we're going to end up with lots of hidden cards. The ones we can keep out of our hand, great, we should do that. I think one of the ways that I get beaten by this scenario is that my hand gets so chock full of cards that I can't use that the scenario kind of, well, the investigator grinds to a halt and I'm stuck. Hand management has become really important for me thinking about this scenario. Okay, so first action was heal. Then we did that free trigger test. Second action, let's investigate. I'll use the flashlight. We are a three on zero. Minus four. We're a zero on zero and we pass ties, so we get the clue. We have one action left, but we need to advance again. Where the gods dwell, each investigator loses all of their clues and reads scenario interlude grand design in the campaign guide, then advance to act 4a, truth and lies. Higher and higher, you scale the mountains far to the north. Pale light shines from atop a great black peak, piercing the vibrant firmament, and you know that you approach the end of your quest. You spend untold hours ascending the snow-covered slopes until finally you reach the forbidden steps leading to the castle's great hall. The castle stands astride a precipice that overlooks the entire continent and the ocean beyond. It is a majestic sight. Above, countless tenebrous towers loom, swathed in a vortex of snow and hail. You break a trail through the crusted snow before the castle, and it soon gives way to smooth, polished onyx. The biting wind quiets to a whistle. You are bathed in a prodigious darkness that fills the vast space. Soon there is nothing but the echoing of your footsteps on the onyx floor and the quiet, lonely stillness of the great hall. Though you have crossed no doorway, you realise now where you stand, inside the halls of the great ones. You expected to be met by guards, servants of the gods, or perhaps even those powerful beings themselves, but you're met only by loneliness and foreboding, as chilling as the piercing winds outside. You continue forward until at last you reach the end of the hall. Here, flanked by smooth onyx pillars, you find nothing. There are no gods here. This place is long abandoned. Virgil is agape. I... I don't understand. Maybe that's what Mark and Virgil share as well, that desire for connection. Obviously, you know, Mark seeking divine beings, maybe it's a way to come into contact with Sophie. Virgil, a writer, wants connection. Anyway, yeah, reveal the Onyx Castle and place each investigator in the Great Hall on its revealed side. It's three shroud and no clues. As an action, you can choose another investigator. Oh, no, we can't. Yeah. And so we can't do that ability. Save for that one tower room, the Onyx Castle atop Kadath was dark and the masters were not there. Will you remove each other location other than the Great Hall from the game? And then we check the campaign log. If Randolph survived the voyage, which he did, we go to Grand Design 2. You turn to Randolph for answers. He's been your guide through all of this madness. Surely he will know what is going on. Finally, he says, gazing upon the hall with wide eyes. We have reached the halls of the Great Ones, upon whom it is unlawful for mortals to look. We knew it was forbidden, yet here we are, our quest complete. He turns to Virgil. Was it worth it, sir? Have you found the evidence you seek? Virgil takes a step back. What do you want about Randolph? Was this not your idea? You are the one who led us on this quest to begin with. Randolph smiles and places a hand on Virgil's shoulder. 
Yes, I am. But I am not Randolph Carter. He pulls back his other arm, and before you can react, drives a razor-sharp blade of onyx through Virgil Gray's chest. Virgil's corpse slides to the polished floor, eyes forever frozen in tragic shock. The being that was never Randolph Carter turns towards you, its shadow shifting into myriad shapes as it stretches across the ground. Behold, its many voices growl, your just reward. If an investigator's deck contains Randolph, remove him. And then we need to check the campaign log. The black cat isn't at our side, so we go to Grand Design 5. Now, Grand Design 5, we set up four Forsaken Towers, north, south, east and west, around the Great Hall. We shuffle a bunch more cards into the encounter deck. The encounter deck now has 36 cards in it. This is how much I've prepared for this. I've counted what's in the encounter deck. I've just paused, done all that shuffling. I've also taken Randolph out of my deck, shuffled my decks. There's quite a lot of setup to do. Each of the towers reads, Vast walls shut up, and there was a glimpse of a great gate through which the voyagers were swept. All was night in the Titan courtyard, and then came the deeper blackness of inmost things as a huge arched portal engulfed the column. Importantly, we've also shuffled two copies of Nihalathotep into the encounter deck. Two copies, one plus one per investigator. I can't talk about those while they're in my hand, so I'm going to talk about Nihalathotep now. I might draw a card and say, oh, I've got a card that's in my hand. I might tell you that I have a hand, a hand seven cards in hand, but only mention six of them. I'm going to give that a go anyway. If I slip up, this is a recording, it's slightly exceptional, but also I'm aware that if I don't mention those cards to you, it's quite a strange experience for you, the listener, if you, I'm sort of blanking out a card. So obviously the rules is written. If I talk about them, I'm driven insane. But we'll we'll try and, I don't think bend them, but try and work on them because I don't think recording for podcasts was in MJ's mind when they designed this scenario. So yeah, act 4A. So skulls, minus fours now. We have six minus fours in the bag. Beware, for I am the one who has trapped you here and you shall never leave. Your dreams are forever mine. There's an action, spend one clue, look at the top three cards of the encounter deck. So 36 cards in the deck, three cards is, is a twelfth, one and twelve. Draw each of those cards with the hidden keyword and discard the rest. Our objective is to find and expose Nihilathotep's true form by adding copies of Nihilathotep to the victory display. Two copies are in the victory display. Advance. We have one action left. We've got Hallowed Mirror, Gret, Flashlight and Automatic in play. And our hand is Second Wind, Home Front, Shortcut, Perception, Practice Makes Perfect, and the Silver Key. We've got one resource and we're on two damage, hoping to heal that two damage next turn. We don't necessarily need to reveal a location with our last action, because we could just shortcut there. And in fact, if we spawn uh, an enemy, like an Acolyte, on an empty location, it would be quite nice to spawn one on one of the towers, move in there and kill it with Gret. So I don't think moving is the way forwards. Nothing in my hand I really want to play. It's a question then of draw a card or gain a resource. I am aware that we're only on one resource. This might be one of those rare take a resource moments. The reason for that is we'd then go up to three. So if we draw scene of the crime, we'd have a resource spare. We could we could um, shortcut scene of the crime next turn. Or if we draw enchanted blade, we're up at the resources to play it, although our hands are full. I think, I think I might take a resource. 
The other thing is we want to play on the hunt at some point off stick to the plan. And we want to play the second wind. So let's take the resource final action. Not the best final action, but we're here in the tower now. Upkeep is an evidence. Not so useful with Gret, but the icons are good as well, the double icon. We go up to three resources. We hit five doom. So it's taken us five turns to get to act four. I'm pleased with this tempo. It's good. But this is now the like the meat of the scenario <laughs> no, after all of this time. And this is where it gets really tough. There's basically two parts ahead of us. One is that we do the on the hunt thing and just gun down the Nihilathoteps. That's pretty nice. We need both on the hunts. But we only look at nine of 36 cards and we're looking for one of two cards in that nine. So if we can delay a little bit and let the deck get a bit thinner and make those on the hunts more reasonable, that's really good. The other thing, of course, is on the hunt can just pull you into a different enemy, which can be demanding. And then if we go for the clue thing, it's so action intensive. Move to one tower, get a clue. There's only one on it. Then you've got two actions to move to another tower, get a clue there. It takes ages, basically. Right, anyway. So the, the thinking here is we kind of have to hedge a little bit, see if we can do the on the hunt thing, and, and then go from there. Do we on the hunt right now? No, we hold, keep our powder dry. So we're just drawing an encounter card normally. It's deeper slumber. Revelation, put it into play in your threat area. Your hand size is reduced by three. Oh, I'd really like to clear that, but I'd also really like to play second wind. And if I play second wind, I draw a card, which would take me up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I would then discard two of those cards. So we don't play second wind this turn. We just double action, clear deeper slumber. And final action, we move to a tower or do we shortcut to a tower and perception silver key commit to try and pass a test no we just move to a tower let's go west it's the forsaken tower of primeval light four shroud one clue it has an action ability that you cannot use unless another card explicitly allows you to do so and the action is choose and reveal a copy of nihilathotep from your hand and test will x where x is nihilathotep's printed health if you succeed, add that copy of Nihilathotep to the victory display. If you fail, Nihilathotep attacks you and is shuffled into the encounter deck. Upkeep, we draw a counterpunch. This is one of the things I settled on for my XP. I did Enchanted Blade 3, the second copy, and then two Vicious Blows and two Counterpunches. The reason I went with Counterpunches is just more damage, but it's damage in a different way. It's damage in the enemy phase. And I realized I could add lots of weapons that would add more damage in the investigation phase, but counterpunch obviously you can use in the enemy phase as well. Eight cards. We hit six doom, and our encounter card is... Are we underhunting? No, we're holding off. Whispering Chaos East. Okay, that gets added to our hand. So all it does is gets added to your hand, and it allows us to activate the ability on the Eastern Tower. That's fine, because we're going to play second wind for one, heal two damage, and draw us shell shock. We have no damage, so that just whiffs. That's good as well because we don't need cards. I think we try and get this clue here. With a flashlight charge, we're three against two. And we can commit perception to be five against two. And this practice makes perfect to be six against two. Skull is a minus four. So we pass just. And we draw a card from perception. It's a soothing melody. I was happy to just commit rather than use my ability there because we were on eight cards. We're now on seven. So we did second wind, investigate, last action, let's move to the Great Hall. 
Again, we can then shortcut from here to attack an enemy or to move an enemy to where a clue is, and we're on one clue. There's no point, I think, starting to spend clues until we know where we're at. Upkeep. We draw a Vicious Blow, level 2. Ah, I thought we'd use both our Vicious Blows. Oh, well. That's maybe a... Oh, no, I did mention that we had one left. I somehow confused it with Take the Initiative and thought we didn't have one in the deck. So we could have practiced Make Perfect for it. Little misplay, that's the challenge of recording. We hit 7 Doom. What happens on the back of the agenda? Well, I know, but let's see. The Mire of Dreams. Can you hear that screaming? It's a little child in the street. It's kind of fitting for the noises in our heads. If it's Act 4, read the following. Place clues on each Forsaken Tower location until it has clues equal to its clue value. So that's one on the Forsaken Tower of Primeval Light. Reveal each copy of Nihilathotep in each investigator's hand, which is none. Each investigator who did not reveal a copy of Nihilathotep must either take one damage or one horror. Well, we could cheekily just put a horror on Gret. For each copy revealed, we either get hit and the Nihilathotep shuffles back in, or Nihilathotep attacks you three times and stays in your hand. But we don't have one in hand. Well, of all the interruptions you might get in recording, I wasn't expecting child screaming their head off but there we go joys of london agenda 2a the shape of chaos why do you fight why do you see i am your future i am your fate another mask for my action another course for me to bear five doom now we're at the final 10 turns of the game we've got five on this agenda and five on the next so, yeah, it's the big time now. We're pretty set up to fight. Home front, vicious blow, counter punch, fully loaded automatic, eight cards in hand. Do we gamble and on the hunt here? We've only seen two cards, so it's what, 34 cards. Two in 34 is one in 17. We get nine shots to hit a one in 17, whatever that works out as. Does it work out as the chance it's 9 times 1 in 17, right? Still not great odds. Just about a 50%, right? 9 over 17? That's the part of my research I didn't do, learning maths. I think we chance it one more time. We do have one clue. We could get another clue this turn and start milling that deck. And we have Whispering Chaos East in hand now, so we could... If we top deck Annihilathotep, we can move to Forsaken Tower East and try and clear it. Right, so we're just drawing this turn. Again, trying to hold on. It's a liar with no face. Three shroud. (laughs) Three shroud. Three fight, four health, three evade. Most cards in hand is us. It's a hunter. And when it attacks you, if Whispering Chaos is in your hand, reveal it. Liar with no fails deals plus two damage for this attack. Well, that's ghastly. Two bullets from the gun. We're a five, six, seven with the gun, so we're four up. We could shoot, shoot, use Grep to get the clue on Forsaken Tower West and still have an action in hand. I think that's good. We could potentially Soothing Melody for the last one. We're actually going to run out of cards. There's no way that we can also get evidence to fire, is there? Because all locations are two apart. I was thinking we could use Gret, but also somehow shortcut evidence, but I don't think that's going to work. So first action, shoot. Seven on three. 
zero, two damage. Second action, do the same. Minus four, dead. Deal a damage to Gret, get the clue at Forsaken Tower of Primeval Light. Do we wish to draw a card with that? We're already on eight cards in hand, so we're already going to lose one. So let's not draw. Hmm. We could draw, still use the short card, and if it's, say, well, there's nothing I want to play, let's not draw. We'll just take the clue. We have one action left. Ugh, this is getting nasty now. It's getting nasty because we're going to start discarding cards. Soothing Melody to heal Gret up again. It's not too bad. It just draws us a card, though. It's just something to do with the final action. So this is one of the things that I find really difficult about this scenario. When you've got something like a shortcut in hand and a way of getting clues where other enemies are, we don't need to move. And in fact, moving is a wasted action in that regard, wasted in air quotes here. What we really need is two other or three other investigators who are helping us dig into the encounter deck so we know when to time on the hunts, because otherwise it's just a bit of a crapshoot. The only card we can play here really that empties our hand is the shortcut. We could shortcut somewhere and investigate, but if we shortcut investigate, we're then on a location without a clue, so then Gret can't fire. So we're kind of just creating work for ourselves. We could always shortcut and then hallowed mirror and heal Gret up, and then we're on location with a clue. Let's do that, because it's something to do, and also it just means we see more. So the Forsaken Tower of Infinite Truth is the East Tower. It's two Shroud and Clue, and the action here is Evade. You choose a Nihilathotep, try and evade it using intellect instead of agility. Ugh. Well, we do have that evidence, two intellect icons. So yeah, last action, will Soothing Mirror and heal a damage and a horror from, uh, from Gret, which draws us a second wind. That's fine. So our hand is second wind, vicious blow, counterpunch, evidence, home front, silver key, and whispering chaos east, which is where we are. We go up to five resources, and our encounter draw is a Gret Wagner. We're on eight cards. So um, we place a doom, one doom of five. If we're on the hunt here and hit an Nihilathotep, we kill it here and get this clue. We're then on three clues, and then next turn we start digging for the other Nihilathotep. Let's do it. It might be premature, it's 33 cards, so there's um, two in 33 chance. We're going to play on the hunt and look at the top nine. Oh, here we go. If we hit another enemy instead, we can still kill it here and get the clue. Acolyte is the only enemy <laughs> in these, so the Acolyte enters play. We then saw an Abandoned by the Gods, Whispers of Hypnos, Law of Igoroth, another Whispers of Hypnos, Whispering Care, Somnophobic, Myriad Forms, and Restless Journey. Okay, well, that means that Neither Nihilathotep was in the top nine cards of 33. So we get a shuffle now. And if that increases our chances of seeing them, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't. But we just found out a bit of information that they weren't. And if now we're going to have three clues worth of spending, if we'd spent the clues rather than on the hunted, we also wouldn't have got anywhere. Okay. Something about this scenario, it just it hurts my head with how to work out what to do. So first action, six on three. We could just punch the Acolyte. Gret's going to take a damage and draw, draw us card. So let's commit the other Gret to make us eight on three. Zero. Mega overkill. Acolyte dies. Deal a damage to Gret to get the clue here, which draws us a card. It's another counterpunch. I think we start spending clues now. Second action, spend a clue. Look at the top three. Add any hidden cards 
to our hand. Dreamer's Curse, Somniphobia, and Law of Igoroth, Pandemonium. You cannot play cards or commit cards to skill tests with an odd number of words in their title. So Counterpunch, no. Second Wind, yes. Vicious Blow, yes. Counterpunch, no. Evidence, no. Homefront, no. Silver Key, no. And as an action, discard a card with an even number of words in its title from your hand. I'm going to do that action for my third action. Use Second Wind because I have no damage on me. And that keeps our hand at a reasonable seven. Double Counterpunch, Vicious Blow, Evidence, Home Front, Silver Key, and that Whispering Chaos. Right, well, we're three deeper at least. We've now, now 30 cards left in the deck. Upkeep, Emergency Cash, fine. Go to five resources. Resources aren't a problem now. Two Doom, and our encounter card is Deeper Slumber. It's a nuisance. We're going to double action clear it. We just... It would lose so many cards for us. And the choice then is spending a clue or... Spending a clue is going to make us discard cards. We're going to play the emergency cash. Keeps us at seven cards in hand. In upkeep, we get another resource. We are up to nine. And we draw a scene of the crime. And we hit three doom. Come on, be something easy and then we can start, start spending these clues. Yes! It's Whispers of Hypnos. We have to choose a skill, and it gets minus two for the remainder of the round. Well, I think willpower or agility are both fine. There's no hidden cards that test willpower, at the moment anyway, so let's say willpower for the turn. First action, we spend a clue, top three. Wow, Mysterious Chanting gets discarded, and then we've got another Law of Igoroth Discord, that's the one about number of skill icons, and we've got a Whispering Chaos North. So I think we discard the scene of the crime second action to get rid of the law of Igoroth discord. We're going to start losing cards. <sighs> There's not much we can do about it. Last action, we spend another clue. We've committed to this clue technique. No, do we? Yeah, we do, because we are in the right position to try and clear one. And we reveal <laughs> the crawling mist, not hidden. Wizard of the Order, not hidden. And Restless Journey Hardship, which is you cannot commit more than one skill card to skill test each round. And as a free trigger, you can discard it and test combat three. So we will discard it right now. We're six on three. We have eight cards in hand, so I think now is the time to commit the silver key to the eight on three to try and clear this. Skull is minus four. So the Restless Journey goes... Hand, Vicious Blow, Two Counter Punches, Evidence, Home Front, Whispering Chaos, East and North, No Clues, Nine Resources, Two Ammo on the Automatic, One Charge on the Flashlight, Two Damaged Gret Wagner and Hallowed Mirror, We're on No Damage or Horror, Upkeep draws us an Enchanted Blade, Level 3, and we go up to Ten Resources, We hit Four Doom, Come on, let's Top Deck Annihilate the Depth, It's a Mysterious Chanting instead, so I'll go fetch an Acolyte out of the deck. The reason I'm fetching an Acolyte is... I mean, we could fetch a Liar with no face. No, let's do an Acolyte. Because we can move, move, punch, and get another clue. And I think we head to the North Tower. We have the Whispering Chaos North in our hand. So we can do something there. So remaining cards in the encounter deck. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So it's not even halfway through yet. Double action move. The Forsaken Tower of the Queen of the Night is three shroud and one clue. 
The action here is evade. Choose and reveal a copy of Nihilath tip from your hand and attempt to evade it as if it were at your location. So no weirdness with switching skills or anything like that. And then last action, we try to kill the Acolyte. I think we do take a damage to take us to eight on three. I won't draw a card though. Plus one, wow. And because I'm about to discard a card, because I'm eight cards in hand, I'm going to pay one and play evidence and get the clue that way rather than damaging Gred. Because there's no cards we're really looking for in our deck apart from on the hunt. So I'm just happy to, to basically try and manage our hand. We're back to one clue. We're about to hit five Doom, which will put more clues in play so we can do another big fish. Upkeep, we draw the second Enchanted Blade. Go back up to 10 resources. We hit five Doom. The Last Dream. Yes, Rehom Mohammed, this will be your last dream, your final reprieve, and I shall take the rest of myself. It's Act 4, so we put a clue on Forsaken Tower West, Forsaken Tower East, Forsaken Tower North. There's no copy of Nihilathtip in my hand, so I have to take a damage or a horror. I could damage me to draw another card, hoping to draw into On the Hunt. I have nine cards left in my deck one of which is on the hunt. Or I could just take a horror and put it on Gret. Let's do that instead. Uh, no, we will take the damage and draw a card. It's a flashlight. Agenda 3A, Chaos Incarnate. Hey, Ashanthe Moon, I am true chaos. Look not upon my shape for this ever changing. I command that you to keep bleeding. Look not upon my face, for there is no face at all. I call you to stop lying. Listen not for the truth, for the truth is a lie. I warned you not to dream. Mine, mine alone. Nobody else can have it. It dares you not to fight. Run, then, rabbit, run. There is nothing more. I cherish for the chase. Nothing. Nothing. And our encounter card is... A liar with no face. 343. Three. If it hits us, it does two damage, two horror. We can shoot, shoot, get a clue, do the clue thing. We could just shoot once with vicious blow, get a clue then. We could then yeah, shoot, shoot, play enchanted blade. Hmm. Hand is flashlight, two enchanted blades, two counter punches, a vicious blow, and a home front. Ooh, should I have it discarded? No, I took a damage, that's why. And then two whispering chaoses. This is looking bleak at this point. We've spent three clues and got nowhere. We do have four turns left. No, five turns left. Things I'd like to do. Play an enchanted blade. Dig with clues. I think if we one-shot the liar with no face, potentially we play an enchanted blade over our flashlight and we also spend a clue to start looking. So to do that, hmm. or we go way cheeky here. We play the enchanted blade, which triggers an attack from the liar counterpunch that attack we'd be an eight nine ten on three with with the vicious blow committed which would be a one-shot kill if we pass even if we pull a minus four we're uh six on three it's still two up that would get us the clue as well we'd have two actions left one to do a clue and one to clear hidden things or start doing it that's i think what we do so i'll play enchanted blade it costs me three resources that triggers an attack of opportunity from the liar with no face I have to reveal a Whispering Chaos, so it's going to be two damage and two horror, but I play Counterpunch level two 
Play when an enemy attacks you before resolving that attack. And I'm a 5-6 with Gret, 7-8 with the counterpunch, 9-10 with a vicious blow, 10 on 3. Minus 1, 9 on 3 is 4 damage. The liar is dead. I discard my flashlight. In comes the enchanted blade. And I deal a damage to Gret to get a clue here. And when I deal that damage, I will draw a card because I only have six in hand. It's on the hunt. So the plan would be to use these two clues that we have to get one Nihilathotep and on the hunt the other Nihilathotep. Second action, I'll spend a clue. Top three cards are Abandoned by the Gods, Somnophobia and Law of Igoroth Chaos. I cannot play cards or trigger abilities on player cards with an odd printed resource cost. So last, and that stops me using my Enchanted Blade and Gret Wagner. So I'm going to discard this Flashlight, which is two cost, and get rid of the Law of Igoroth. Good. We're good. Upkeep. We draw a Perception. We go back up to eight resources. We're on two damage of nine, no horror. And Gret is on three damage of four, no horror. We do have a single Soothing Melody left, don't we, in the deck? So we could potentially heal Gret with it. Yeah, we do. We hit a Doom. There's 15 cards left in the encounter deck. I think we on the hunt here. Two of 15 Annihilathoteps, and we are set up to fight. And then we're just trying to get final clues to get the last one. Or we spend a clue this turn. It'll go to 14, it'll go to 11. It's almost certain then, but on the hunt next turn. So this turn would be draw whatever card we draw, clue, Clear hidden cards. Yeah, okay. So I'm not, not going to on the hunt, I'm just going to draw. It's abandoned by the gods. Revelation test will three. For each point you fail by, you must choose a different number between zero and four. Each player must discard each event and asset from their hand with a printed resource cost equal to any of the chosen numbers. So I have a counterpunch, which is zero cost. Enchanted blade, which is three cost. And on the hunt, which is one cost. Those are the cards that could be affected. So if I fail by three, well, I could choose um, two and four, and then, yeah, I think it's still still fine. If I fail by three, I could choose two, four, and three, and lose this enchanted blade and keep the counterpunch in the on the hunt. Three on three. Cultist, uh-oh. <laughs> Reveal another token if you fail, place one doom on the current agenda. It's the only time I've revealed the cultist as well. The test I was throwing. Zero! Zero! Three on three pass. Yes! Okay. Oh. That's a lucky break. First action, spend my last clue. Top three cards are Whispers of Hypnos, Discards, Restless Journey Lies, the Agility Test, and Whispering Chaos West. So we're now can only commit one card to test and we have three Whispering Chaoses in hand. We're going to need to go for more clues. How many cards left in the encounter deck? 11. So unless both Nihilath Tepsa cards 10 and 11 on the hunt will hit next turn, but we're going to then need more clues to get the other one. So I've got two actions left. I need to clear this Restless Journeys and probably reposition on another clue location. And it's probably the East Tower, the Forsaken Tower of Infinite Truth, two shroud, and it's the Evade one using intellect instead of agility, and I've got a perception in hand. So 
one action move, two actions move, and then la- uh, towards the end of the turn, free trigger to try and clear where the rest of this journey lies. I'll take a damage, which makes me a five on three. I will draw a card. It's a shortcut. Can I put anything else in? I could put the counterpunch and the shortcut in to be four up. I would be discarding cards anyway this turn. Let's do it. All these uh, whispering chaoses are just blocking out my hand. Tablet. That's a minus four. That was good that I did that, because that would have added a doom. That's my turn. Upkeep is a soothing melody. Nine resources, two doom, and we on the hunt. Pay one, play on the hunt. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on, don't be the bottom two. I see an acolyte, myriad forms, whispering chaos south, liar with two face, myriad forms, dole of the wastes, and two copies of Nihilathotep. The top two cards, next cards, with both Nihilathoteps. So neither have added to my hand yet, so we can talk about them. I have the Faceless Whisperer and the Messenger of the Outer Gods. The Faceless Whisperer, the pink one, is 4-3-3, Peril, Hidden and Retaliate. And its revelation is add it to your hand if you speak of this card while it's in your hand and unrevealed, you're driven insane. And then Nihilathotep, Messenger of the Outer Gods, is 3-4-4, Peril, Hidden and Alert, and secretly add... Nihilathotep to your hand if you speak of this card while it's in your hand and unrevealed to driven insane. So we've got the North Tower and the East Tower are both evades. So potentially we leave the pink one, Faceless Whisperer, which is only three evade, in the deck. And we draw the Messenger of the Outer Gods, the yellow one. And we can kill that in a couple of actions, which would get us a clue. So yeah, I think we do that. So because On the Hunt spawns the enemy engaged with you rather than in your hand, that means this Nihilathotep just spawns engaged with us. So it's right here. I think I might try and do something a bit funky here as well. I'm aware that we're really short on time. I'm wondering about if I soothing Melody to heal Gret, taking one horror as an attack of opportunity, which I put on me, and then attack with the Enchanted Blade for at least one of the attacks, which will heal the horror. So yeah, I'll play soothing Melody, heal two damage off Gret, and take an attack of opportunity, which goes on me, and it draws me an unexpected courage. Second action, can I one-shot it? I can't. So I may as well attack with the Enchanted Blade normally and then attack with the Enchanted Blade with the home front to clear a damage. So I'll attack with the Enchanted Blade normally. I'm a six and eight on three. Zero. I won't empower the Enchanted Blade. I'll just do one damage. And then I'll attack again with the Enchanted Blade. Now with the home front... 12 on 3. Skull, minus 4. I move 1 damage from me onto it, so it's on 2, and I will empower the blade, do a plus 1 damage. That is a kill, 3 damage. And it heals a horror from me and draws a card. Scene of the crime. And I'll deal a damage to Gret and grab this clue. Cards in hand. Perception, Enchanted Blade, Unexpected Courage, Scene of the Crime, and 3 Whispering Chaoses. That's 1 Nihilathotep down. Upkeep draws me a 45 automatic. We're good for resources. Very good. Too good even. We go to three of five doom. This is going to be bloody tight. And our encounter card is Restless Journey Fallacy. This is the one to test intellect three to get rid of it. It adds to my hand. There are nine cards left in the deck, one of which is Nihilathotep. And I have one glue. So I'm going to spend the clue first action. 
well, hang on, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm going to try and clear the rest of this journey fallacy. I'm a three on three. I'll commit perception and I'll take a damage. I'm at three damage, which draws me a card. It's practice makes perfect, which is the last card in my deck. Four up. Minus four. Whoa. The test is successful, so my deck loops. And I'll put the horror on Gret. The crazy thing now is there's a chance with this card I draw from Perception that I draw another on the hunt, and we're kind of laughing. It's an unexpected courage. Fine. It would have been funny. Okay, first action. That was all before. That was just clearing. We're spending this clue. Top three cards are... Yes! Myriad Forms and Whispers of Hypnos. Neither are hidden. And... The Faceless Whisperer, which adds to my hand and I can no longer talk about it. Second action, I will reveal Whispering Chaos East to activate the ability on the Forsaken Tower of Infinite Truth to try and evade. I'm evading a card in my hand that has evade three, but I'm not going to talk about it. I may use my intellect, so I'm a three on three, and I'll commit Unexpected Courage to be a five on three. This is action two, isn't it? So I will practice makes perfect for one, just to see what happens. No, I won't practice makes perfect, that's silly. I was thinking I'll practice makes perfect and hope to hit a perception, but really I wanna save practice makes perfect to try and hit a vicious blow or a home front. So yeah, I'm a five on three with that. I think I put in scene of the crime as well, six on three, and the enchanted blade, seven on three. Minus two. I succeed, so I discard Whispering Chaos East. I add Nihilathtep, the Faceless Whisperer, to the victory display, and there are two in the victory display. Come on, three doom of five there, and that was action two. I've got one action left, but we reveal. We advance. We've done it. We've done it. Oh, have we done it? The true shape. Check the campaign log. If the black cat knows the truth, it does, and we possess the silver key. We do. As the shadows disperse, the black cat appears on your shoulder. Now it cries. The silver key shimmers with radiant light as you draw it out. This is the only way to expose its true shape. Each investigator loses each of their clues. We have none. We've managed our clues really well. Each copy of Nihilathtep in the victory display combines to form a single enemy with fight and evade values equal to the highest fight evade value among combined copies of itself. Faceless Whisperer gives it fight four. Messenger of the Outer Gods gives it evade four. Health, damage, horror, and victory values equal to total combined health, damage, horror, victory. It's victory four, health seven, one damage, one horror. So it's four, seven, four. And it has all keywords. So peril, hidden, alert, and retaliate. Not hunter. Spawn this monstrosity in the Great Hall. It is Nihilathotep's true shape. Place clues on each Forsaken Tower location until it has clues equal to its clue value. So we put one on the east and one on the north. There's already one on the west. And we advance to Act 5A, the Dream Eaters. What? What do you think you're doing? These are my dreams. Do you really think you can claim this run for yourself? It cannot be possessed by one such as you. Nihilathotep's true shape gets minus one health for each clue the investigators possess as a group. If Nihilathotep's true shape is defeated, advance. We're going to hit four doom after this action, so we'll have one round to try and kill it. We've got two bullets on the automatic, that's four damage, and we've got two charges on the enchanted blade, which is potentially another four damage. 
but we'll only have three actions. So next turn we'll be able to do six damage, and then we'll be beaten. In our deck, there are two Vicious Blows level two and the home front. Each of them would help us with damage. And we do have a Practice Mix Perfect in hand. And there's also two Counter Punches in our deck, because our deck is looped. Either of which would help us do this. So I think last action, we move in. And Nihilathotep's true form engages us. In the enemy phase, it hits us for a damage and a horror. We put the damage on Gret, and we take the horror. And that draws us a card. It's a soothing melody. Upkeep, we draw an ever-vigilant. We go up to 10 resources. We hit 4 Doom. And our encounter card is a liar with no face, which also engages us. Right, we just have to start working on this guy, don't we? Our final turn. Fighting with the automatic, we're a 5, 6, 7 on 4. And I'll pay 1 with practice makes perfect to search the top 9. Top 9 are on the hunt, soothing melody, vicious blow 2. Yeah, I saw both vicious blows and I take the initiative. I'll take a vicious blow. That makes us a 9 on 4. And skulls are minus 5. So we could take a damage. We'd be at 4 damage. Or we could commit the unexpected courage. I think we just go for it 5 up. If this is only a 3 damage hit, that's still all we needed. And then we've still got the damage ability because we're at 3 damage of 4. And um, the unexpected courage to boost for other tests. 9 on 4. Zero. We do two damage with the automatic and two damage with the vicious blow. It's at four of seven health and the vicious blow comes back to hand. Come on, Mark. Second action, we shoot again. We're five, six, seven on four. We commit the vicious blow and the unexpected courage. No, we don't commit the unit. Yes, we do, we do, we do. 11 on 4. Minus 2. Another 4 damage. Nihilathotep's true shape is defeated, and we advance. The Black Cat. The abomination folds in on itself, tears a hole through reality, and escapes through the other side. It has fled the dreamlands and may never return. It is done, the Black Cat says after a moment of unsteady silence. The final scene in my vision, and the final chapter of my story. Its form begins to fray and unravel like the end of a rope. These dreams are very precious, human. Its voice lingers and hums through the air, even as the last vestiges of its shape disappear into the ether. Do not lose them. They are the very heart of you. The heart of us all. And they're yours to keep. At least for now. You want to ask what all this means, but it's too late. The black cat is gone. Resolution 2. There is nothing remaining of the presence that once taunted your mind. You're left once again with an overwhelming sense of loneliness. The vast halls of the Onyx Castle are evidence of nothing but despair and sorrow. But at least now they're no longer haunted by that being that lured you here. You understand now what its purpose was all along. To delve into your mind, discern your shape and awaken alongside you. To become master of both dreams and reality at once. The Black Cat... Whatever it truly was, must have seen this in its visions. You carry Virgil's corpse out into the snowy peaks of Kadath and bury him outside the castle. With your quest complete, you have no reason to dwell in this place any longer. You can finally leave the dreamlands behind, if that is truly what you wish to do. 
we record that the dream has banished Nihilathotep. We earn Victory X, which is four for the Nihilathoteps, six for the High Priest, and a bonus five, so 11. We get two mental trauma, and we have to decide, do we wake up, remain on the surface of the dreamlands, or venture into the underworld? Well, the dreamers don't know of another path, so I think we're going to remain on the surface, which is resolution four. I think that's what we need to do. Oh, I hope I'm getting that right. You think about the many journeys you've had in the dreamlands and the fabulous things you've seen, the mystical forests, the beautiful palaces, the Cerulean oceans. Have you ever experienced such wonders in the waking world? Could you really return to such a mundane life after what you've experienced here? Perhaps it would be better to stay. You can escape from this dreaded land of Leng and travel back to safer climes. You can live in the timeless realm of Selephius, where pleasures are abundant and you will never age. Or perhaps live amongst the cats in the pleasant town of Ulthar, where your quest began. Or explore the boundaries of the dreamlands and see all of the marvels that it has to offer. Your mind is made up. You cannot return to the waking world, for you never want to leave. We record that we stayed in the dreamlands forever. And that's it. We do the interlude. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this. That was... I can't believe it. I'm pleased. I'm really pleased. I'm exhausted as well. That was intense. But we did it. And it looked like we weren't going to do it. And we pulled it off with one action to spare. So, yeah, pretty tight. And, yeah, phew I don't know what else to say, really. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. As ever, stay tuned for Peter's finale. And hopefully I've chosen the right way. And we can be happy together. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Peter recording Weaver of the Cosmos. I'm going to jump straight in. I've got everything, well, I've got the scenario ready to be set up. So we're going to jump straight in and start playing. So, so Frank, you will be listening to this, obviously, as you edit it, uh, but you can leave this in. The one phrase Frank has sent me as I start this scenario is just, uh, spin that spider. So that's very kind of him. Okay, we haven't done the setup yet, so I'm going to blast through the setup. Uh, in fact, I'll read the introduction text first. Yes, scenario 4B, Weaver of the Cosmos. Everything has led to this. Virgil's writings, your companion's never-ending sleep, St. Mary's, the black cat, all of it. You have no choice but to press on. This trans-dimensional space is home to a creature that would obliterate your world and replace it with a new reality, a nightmarescape of pitch-black darkness and creatures that prey on your kind. If you cannot stop its weaving, there'll be no earth left to wake up to. You have to do something, even if it means your end. Proceed to set up. Right, we've got all of our encounter cards ready. So we'll give those a shuffle. Shuffle each copy of the Great Web and put four of them into play at random in a vertical line. Check the number of tally marks recorded next to steps of the bridge in the campaign log. Tally marks are double checked. We have two tally marks, which means I think we put no doom. Yeah, nothing happens. Just good. Shuffle the remainder of the encounter cards to build the encounter deck. Right, everything's done. Agenda 1A, the Bridge of Webs. This vast expanse of space is a bridge between the dreamlands and reality, woven by a terrible spider creature that is the cause of all the distortions you've experienced thus far. 
you don't find a way to stop it from completing the bridge, it will open the way for these horrors to enter the waking world. This agenda gets plus two Doom Threshold, which puts it on nine. Forced, when this agenda advances, do not remove Doom from locations in play. Act 1A, Journey Across the Bridge. You realise now that you are no longer in the Dreamlands or in the waking world, but somewhere else entirely. A Stygian void wherein dwells the Weaver of the Cosmos. It is not just your world at stake, but the Dreamlands as well. Each location is connected to each location above and below it. If each investigator is at the bottommost location, they may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. So, need to get down to the bottom and get at least three clues, which shouldn't be too difficult, he says, hopefully. Okay, we're going to draw our opening hand. Five cards. Oh yeah, so experience-wise, I swap-ditched Scrounge. Because Scrounge and Diana, there's a little bit of overlap there between the two of them. But that's what I've done. And I've upgraded a Fearless, just to keep me topped up with horror. If I've got Diana, that's three health soak. But I'm still going to be using... I mean, I've got Knowledge as Economy. I think that's a, that's a, that was just a solid pick. I'm trying to take everything on willpower anyway, so... Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's look at our special tokens. Uh, skulls, minus X. X is the highest amount of Doom on a location in play. We've got Cultists, reveal another token, fine. And we've got Elder Things, minus three. If this test fails during an attack against a spider enemy, place one doom on that enemy's location. So my Chaos Bag is obviously the Elder Sign. Plus one, we've got two zeros and then three skulls currently. Uh, three minus ones, two minus twos. A minus three and two Elder Things, which are minus threes, and a minus four, and then the auto fail. It's a weird bag, this. Like, minus one gets me one... How many tokens have I got in total? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 tokens, plus the cultist, which is drawn to the token anyway, so you kind of ignore that for calculating odds. Zero, I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 tokens pass, so 7 out of 17. At minus 1, 10 pass. At minus 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 out of 17 pass. And then minus 3, that's another 3, that's 12, 13, 14, 15. So if I'm 3 over on a test, there's a 2 tokens that fail. But that 3 tokens at minus 3 is a bit awkward, isn't it? This is where you want your uh, your ritual counts. Quite nice. Anyway, right, opening hand, drawn 5 cards, what have I got? I've got... Ethereal form, I've got Forbidden Knowledge, I've got the 13th Vision, so let's just pop that to one side and draw a replacement. We've got Mind's Eye, that's nice to see in the opening hand. We've got Read the Signs, and we've got Heirloom of Eiboria. This is, on the whole, quite a nice opening hand. Read the Signs is nice, it's it's annoyingly only going to get single clues, but it will let me investigate at 7 rather than... Two, <laughs> which isn't much fun. I need to investigate three of these locations. I mean, there's some that I might have a chance of investigating without any any boosting. But really, I guess like the play would be leave one of the locations, basically, and then use... So, so it is worth having the clues of all these locations. I will say it's been basically a year <laughs> since I played this scenario because I've not been back through this scenario since the first time I played it and obviously we've had a pandemic it's been harder to get all these games in and I've been replaying the earlier scenario uh, earlier campaigns rather so 
I've not played this effectively since it first came out. Right, let's have a think. Of these, I think Ethereal Form is probably worth ditching. The Heirloom will let us start drawing cards, which I really like. On the whole, this is quite an expensive opening hand. But I do have some economy in my opening hand. Mind's eye, I need to let me find clues, which is what I need to do early on. So I'm going to keep those. The Heirloom's going to let me start drawing more cards when I play spells, so I'm going to keep that as well. The best time to play the Heirloom is like the first turn of the game. So let's ditch Ethereal Form and draw a replacement. Not without a fight. Not great, but it could be worse. That's going to help me evade an enemy if it shows up early on in the game. Right, so we start up at this top location. So let's flip this bad boy over. Yeah, not without a fight. Actually, a really good card draw because it gives me some evasion early on in the game. Right, we have the Great Web. Web stairs. Forced. After this location is revealed, place one Doom on it. What a great start, hey? That's what we want. Uh, and that's not going to clear. Look, I, th ooh, I think these locations do disappear at one point, so it's actually better to have it appear than somewhere else. Strands of sticky threads like rungs of a ladder ascend into the glittering violent, violet radiance that envelops this cavernous void. Five Shroud, one clue. Five Shroud, that is a kick in the dick. Not a great first location. So, turn. Should we go? Let's go. Right. Let's 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 ha let's take a moment and plan this turn. So here's 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 a thought. Just let's. If I do the heirloom, if I play the heirloom, then play read the signs, then play forbidden knowledge. I mean, I'll be drawing a card after I play read the signs, getting the clue of this location. I'm. Two up, which gives me a pretty decent chance of getting the clue off this location. There's only one, two, three, four, five tokens that fail. Mind's eye is going to be difficult to to get a clue from this location, right? Because I'm, I'd be five on five at the moment because I don't have any uh, until I commit a card. I don't have anything I could commit to that test. So yeah, and then I could start pumping forbidden knowledge, and for more money to get up to play Mind's Eye on a, on a turn soon. That seems good, right? Okay, let's give it a go then. Action one, I'm going to play the Elim. Action two, I'm going to play two to play with the signs. So that takes me down to zero resources, unfortunately. Man, the Elim doesn't exhaust. That's crazy. This test, Frank has given me stern instructions to never forget the, uh, <laughs> the um, trapezoid test now. So... This is where I always fall foul of it. Is that I normally I take the trapezoid test now and then forget that I had read the science test to take. So let, let's actually read the cards. Investigate. Add your willpower value to your skill value for this investigation. Sweet. So I'm on seven on five. Let's draw a token. We've got a minus two. Perfect. So that gets me a clue of this location. Only one. And and let's draw a card. Oh, it is the Shining Trapezohedron. That's really good. That's one resource which I don't have at the moment, unfortunately, but that's going to come in really useful soon. So last action, I'm going to play Forbidden Knowledge, and that's got four secrets on it. It's sort of worth... I feel like I want to take a resource off it straight away. Let's see what happens in the Mythos phase of the first turn, of the well, second turn. So that's, that's the end of my turn. So we haven't got any enemies, so we'll do upkeep. Oh, it's another read the signs. Ooh, 
that's useful. Sorry, I should say my second read the signs. <laughs> that might... Mm. Do I want to blast through both read the signs, Diana? be really nice to have read the signs on Diana. Also, it would be nice to have the spectral razor on Diana. We will give that some thought. Doom on the agenda. So we're on two of nine. And then let's draw an encounter card. And we got... Uh, ooh, Crypt Chill. It's not the end of the world, but certainly not great. Let me test in four on five. Uh, sorry, five on four. Ugh. Well, what's the worst that happens? I lose forbidden knowledge. I don't want to commit any of these cards. Really, I can't commit not without a fight. I think we're just going to have to take this test and suck it up losing one of these. What I'm going to do preemptively is... Do I? Yeah, I'm going to use a forbidden knowledge preemptively. So I'm going to take a resource from that. That gives me a horror. It gives me a resource. So I'm on two resources now during the skill test because there's a window during the skill test. I think I can use this during any player window. Yeah. Right, so let's take the test. Whoops. That's a minus one. Okay, cool. That's a pass. Phew. Wouldn't be the end of the world, but, but it's nice to have that. Actions. Well, obvious thing is to move into this next location. There's nothing left for me to do here. So let's do that first. So action I know I need to spend. Ooh, the great web. Web woven island. Otherworld extra dimensional. As an additional cost to investigate this location, you must either spend one action or place one doom on this location. Right, I think it's two actions. I'll have enough to play Mind's Eye next turn. Kind of want to play the trapezohedron as well. And now at the stage where when I start using spells, I actually gain quite a bit of tempo because I'm drawing cards, right? I think I might spend two actions to investigate here, even though I'm only one up, and then play the Shining Trapezohedron. Then I'm ready for next turn. That's legit. Yeah, let's do that. So I'm going to spend two actions to investigate. It's a skull. So I haven't moved the skulls. So the skulls are minus one at the moment. There we go. So remember, because I've got one location with one Doom on it. So that's a pass. So that's two actions to gain a clue. That's really good. It was a bit of a risky move, but we took it. And I've got one action left. I will spend one resource and play a Shining Trapezohedron. So that is currently... I'll, I'll go over what I've got in a minute. So that's three actions anyway. Not got any enemies, so I'll take my upkeep. Ooh, it's Diana as Esperance. Esperance. It might almost be worth playing her next turn if I can. Then I can stick and read the signs on her. That's spicy. Right, let's just sum up where I am. What have we got? We've got, obviously got... What I didn't remind everyone right at the beginning is that I've got two Relic Hunters. So that, that's pretty good. We've got Forbidden Knowledge. got three charges left on that. We've got Heirloom Hyperborea. Uh, and we've got Shining Trapezohedron all in play. We've got six, six health left, seven sanity left. We've got two clues, one for each location and two resources. In my hand, we've got Not Without Fight, Mind's Eye, Read the San, Signs, and we've just drawn Diana Esperance. So, yeah, I... I have a choice with Diana. I can stick. Effectively, I think with Diana... Oh, my chair is very squeaky. Uh, she's going to save us a bunch of secrets that are on Mind's Eye, right? So we could use Mind's Eye to be punching stuff, um, or we could use Mind's Eye to be investigating. I think 
either of those are good, right? She's got three secrets, so that would could be like three copies of Read the Signs, or it could be so, so that would effectively mean I've got four copies of Read the Signs in my deck. Plus, obviously, I've got two copies of Scrounge. I've got three, um, three Mind's Eye. As Frank pointed out, each clue is like clues sort of pull double duty in this scenario because you can blast legs with them as well. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm in a bit of a flap at the moment. It's been been a while since I've recorded. Okay, right. We'll we'll make that decision next turn because we've got to do our uh, our encounter card anyway. So we put another doom on the agenda. We are at two of nine. Well, three of nine because we've got doom on the great web. Uh, sorry, on web stairs. And let's draw an encounter card. Oh, we have a swarm of spiders. So this has swarming two. So that's two cards from my deck. Okay, s- interesting. The tempting thing to do, these spiders don't. The spiders don't hunt, and as I say, I'm fairly confident these locations all disappear. I think when you get down to the bottom, I think they disappear. So it's tempting to just evade and press on. To be honest, so I could do like evade move. Read the signs. Mm, I kind of wanted to play Diana, didn't I? If I play, if I play Diana, and attach read the signs, oh, that does feel good. I could. What I could do is forbid knowledge, blast a spider, evade, move, take a resource, upkeep or put me up to four resources. Beginning of next turn, I can play Diana. Then put read the signs in it and investigate that location, and then move on. Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do. So I'm going to use Forbidden Knowledge. That gets me a resource, puts me up to three. I take a horror, so I'm down to six sanity. That gets one card back from the Swarm of Spiders. And then I'm going to evade. And I'm going to put in... Oh, that was... (laughs) I'm going to undo that. (laughs) So just pretend I didn't do that. Because what I'm going to do is use Not Without a Fight uh, to evade. So... Because there's three enemies in my location, because I haven't killed one with my ability. For each enemy engaged with you, not without a fight, gains, well, basically an extra agility icon. So I've got one, two, three engaged with me, plus it had one, so that's four, which puts me on agility. In fact, you know what? It makes <laughs> it makes no difference because some spiders gets extra agility uh, when it's got more cards under it. So it's it, there's a net gain of zero. So... Fine. We'll play it as I've done it, right? So so beginning of my turn, I use Forbidden Knowledge. That is Swarm of Spiders. Two Swarm of Spiders in my location, so it's got two evasion. I've got one, two, three, four, five agility with this card committed to the test. Yeah, so it's, yeah, one, two, three. Uh, cool, so I'm three over. Strong card, minus one. Fine, it's evaded. Action one, evade. Action two, move, which flips over this location. And what does it say? The Great Web, Cosmic Web. One clue, four shroud. Forced. After you enter this location, test three willpower. If you fail, you must either choose and discard one card from your hand for each point you fail by, or place one doom on this location. I think I just take this as it is um, and not worry too much about it. Minus two, but it's a pass. So I did... What did I do? I did evade, move. I was going to take a resource, but actually but that puts me on four resources when I don't need to be. It's tempting to just draw a card then, because then I get up to four with Diana. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to draw a card. 
Ah, fearless level two. That is not bad because I have two horror. So this would heal me right back up. Sweet. Right, that's three actions. I did evade, move, draw a card. That doesn't feel great, but I think that was probably the best play this turn. We have got an enemy. He's exhausted. So go up to our upkeep. Okay, so I've got Crystal Pendulum. I'm on four resources. Mythos Phase. We'll put Doom on the agenda. And we will draw a card. We have Will of the Spider Mother. Test three willpower. If there is a spider enemy location, you cannot commit cards to the skill test. If you fail, you cannot attack or investigate until the end of the round. Uh, it would be very good to investigate this turn. Plus, I've got a chance to heal myself up. So I'm going to put Fearless into this test. So that helps me pass, and it might heal me two horror. It's probably going to heal me one horror. So I'm at five, six, seven on three. Draw token. Ah, oh, it's the older sign. That gives me plus two. So I definitely pass by two. So that heals me two horror, puts me back up to eight sanity, and discards Will of the Spider Mother. It would have been nice to have drawn the Elder Sign on a more important willpower test. You can't have everything, can you? This turn, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play Dinos Brands. I'm going to attach Read the Signs to Dana, and I'm going to investigate this location. Uh, and then I'm probably going to move. I'm going to have to make sure that I get... <laughs> to make sure I get all the willpower tests correct. So that's Diana Esperance. For anyone who doesn't know what Diana does, four-cost asset deals with inverted commas devils. Uh, she uses three secrets, and she has a free action, attach a non-weakness spell event from my hand to Diana Esperance. Limit one event attached to her. The attached event may be played as if it were in your hand. It is not placed in your discard pile after it is played. It remains attached. As an additional cost to play the attached event, exhaust Diana Esperance and spend one secret. What I will add is that Shining Trapezohedron is when I would pay the cost of a spell card, exhaust it, and then if I succeed, the resource cost is considered paid. If I fail, I cancel the playing of that card without paying any of its costs. That means because... So with Diana, you still pay the resource cost of the spell, so Shining Trapezohedron will stop me from having to pay the resource cost even when I'm playing the spell of Diana. It also means because I don't pay any of the costs, it means I don't exhaust Diana and I don't spend a secret. Which is good. It does of course mean I can't play a copy of that card. So free action, I'm going to put read the signs. I'm just going to put that beside Diana so I know that that's the spell I've got on here. So that's action one. Action one was play Diana. Free action, attach read the signs. Action two, I'm going to play read the signs and I'm going to use the shining trapezohedron. So this is a difficulty one, uh, sorry, difficulty two test. And I'm at three. So I'm going to take that test. So minus two. So I passed the test, which lets me ignore the cost. Peter, do not forget that this is not the test for the card. Peter, I have remembered that. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. So we will exhaust Diana and spend a secret. So she has two secrets left on her. Now we take the actual test. So I'm at seven on four to describe this location. So I'm three up, which I think is probably the best we're going to get to. And we've got a cultist, which means I think I draw another token. Reveal another token. If you fail and there's an ancient enemy or location, it attacks you. Whatever. So zero. Sweet. So that gets me this clue. Bingo. Right, we're at three clues now, so we're safe. That also... If I exhaust Heirloom, I can draw a card. Ah, it's Spectral Razor. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I can't swap the card that's underneath there. So that's kind of a moot point. And uh, so that's 
was that was move. Sorry, I didn't move. That was play down it. They read the signs. I've got an action left, so we will move down again. Uh, it's another cosmic web. After you enter this location, test three willpower. Yada yada yada. Right, let's just take the test. It's a skull. That's a minus one. That's a pass. We're doing well so far, folks. This is going well. Right, I think I want to get the clue of this location before we go ahead, though. So I'm not going to advance just yet. I'm going to wait until next turn. I'm going to use Diana again to play this with the sides again next turn. Sweet. Right, so enemies. This guy doesn't hunt. We know that. Let's do the upkeep. That's drawn me an unexpected courage. I'll go over what I've got in just a second. Upkeep, I've got, just to remind everyone, we've got Forbidden Knowledge, Heirloom, Trapezohedron in play. We've got Diana with two charges and read the signs in play. I've got in my hand, Mind's Eye, Crystal Pendulum, Spectral Razor, Unexpected Courage. We're back up to full health and sanity, which is nice, that Fearless 2 didn't come along when we were in Dire Straits, but you know, if you're going to heal 2, it doesn't matter when you're going to heal it. Three clues, which is enough to advance, and one resource. We do, however, want to get the last clue of this location. So we put another Doom on there. So we're at four of nine, and we draw an encounter card. And we've got a web spinner. Okay, so spawn any limited empty location. This guy is aloof, and at the end of the round, if web spinner is ready, place one doom on the web spinner's location. Now, again, I'm pretty sure all these locations are going to disappear. So I'm going to just go ahead and slap this guy on any location. I'll put him on the one right above me in case I'm wrong. It means I can go back and kill him if I need to. Um, he doesn't hunt, though. I mean, in fact, he's aloof, so I could just put him on my location. Oh, no, M-E-M-T location. I can't do that. Cool. So, action one. I think what I'm going to do is, action one is I'm going to investigate this location with Read the Signs. Then we'll advance everything and see where that leaves us. That gives me two actions to deal with the fallout of that. So, first action, we'll exhaust Diana. Spend that resource. I'm going to use the Shining Trapezohedron. So, I'm five on two. Let's pull a token. That's a minus one. That's a pass. So, I've don't have to pay the cost. Remember, Peter, that's only the cost. Then we are, read the signs, so we are at uh, five, six, seven on four. Let's pull a token. It's a minus three, so that's still a pass. So we get the clue from this location. Great, that's four clues. Heirloom of Hyperborea draws me a card, which is Meat Cleaver. That's fine. Actually, it might be quite useful. And that's that. So we're going to spend one, two, three clues. And we're going to advance. Whoa, there's a big picture of a spider. The Edge of Dreams. Read scenario, interlude the Spider Queen in the Campaign Guard, then advance to Act 2A, the Weaver of the Cosmos. This is where I try and remember all the things Frank and I have done, very carefully planned out. The Spider Queen won. You climb a precipice of stone and behold the enormity of the spider's bridge and the thing astride it. Atlak Natcher. God of Spiders, accompanied by its horde of weavers. The many-legged monstrosities continuously inter intertwine strands of cosmic web, toiling endlessly with nightmarish fervour. As the awful creatures weave each thread, you feel reality and dreams distort, collide and crash together. In the distance, waves of dream break upon the rocks of reality, and reality collapses upon itself into the surging, amorphous dream. You can barely comprehend the strange, shifting vistas. A sticky web hangs off the side of your vantage point like a silken ladder leading down to your doom. Check the campaign log if Randolph did survive the descent. Yes. And the black cat knows the truth. Yes. Finally, we've got the jump on this guy. You're about to climb down the web to the platform below when you hear the black cat's voice behind your companion, Randolph. 
Drop it, the voice commands. A sinister grin spreads across Randall's face as he drops a jagged onyx blade which clatters to the ground. So, you have seen through my mask, he says. No matter, you will complete this errand upon which I have sent you regardless. Your world depends upon it. Bewildered, you can uh, you ask why Randolph is asking this way. The black cat jumps onto your shoulder and perches there, its gaze never leaving your erstwhile companion. I figured it out a little while ago. He's not Randolph. Oh, sorry, I should be doing this in uh, my Brooklyn accent. I figured it out a little while ago. He's not Randolph. He never was. Just an interloper in Randolph's skin. Interloper? Randolph thunders with anger. You, cat, are the interloper. Yes, I know who you are. This is not your place. But enough talk. A smile crawls along his lips once more. You have a task to perform. Goodbye then, for now. With his warning complete, Not Randolph walks off the edge of the platform and falls into oblivion. If an investigator's deck contains Randolph Carter, remove him from that deck for the remainder of the campaign. So that's good. That's good. It's meant that it doesn't get harder. <laughs> so I think, I think the other option is it does get harder. Spider Queen 4. The creature is close to completing its design. Its legs move about swiftly, spinning thread after thread of cosmic silk with unearthly determination. It scarcely even recognises your presence. Perhaps if you can sever its legs or tear apart the webbing on which it stands. Remove each location from the game except for the bottommost location. That's that's okay, because I didn't put that guy in my location because it wasn't empty. Phew. Shift that location upwards so it is at the top of the play area. Shuffle the remaining set aside the great web locations and place seven of them in a circle along with the investigator's location as the topmost location in the circle. Until the end of the scenario, each location is connected to each location next to it, clockwise or counterclockwise from it. Assemble at like nature, that's fine, and shuffle each set-aside copy of the Spinner and Darkness into the encounter deck along with the encounter discard pile. Read the rules for at nature as follows. So, I won't read all of this, and what I'll do is set this up, and will probably join me after this is finished. I'm fully set up for this next this next phase. Got this the spider queen herself, spider thing, spider god in the middle of the table. Act two A, the Weaver of the Cosmos. Atlak Natcha is distracted by its mindless task. Now is your chance. Action: spend one clue, deal three damage to an ancient one enemy or location. Forced: when the Mythos phase begins, reveal a random token from the chaos bag. If its modifier is negative, spin at like matcher clockwise x times, where x is the token's negative modifier. If four legs of at like matcher in the victory display, advance. So I have two actions left. So what I could do is move and blast a leg. Seems good, because I've got two actions left, right? So the question is, which way do I want to go? Let's go clockwise. Just always feels like the, the nicest way to go. Let's do it. Boop. Oh, two clues in this location as well. This is, sorry, this is the vast web. Uh, three shroud, two clues. Action, if it is not act one, and there are one or fewer clues in this location, move. Move to the location directly across from this location. That's pretty useful. That is pretty useful. I've got one action left, so I'm just going to spend this clue that I got from the first half. And I assume these legs are all elite. Yes, they are. So that my spectral razor is only doing two damage however i could so spectral razor is good because i could do spectral razor forbidden knowledge and i just blast the leg apart so that feels pretty sweet it's kind of tempting to just it's kind of tempting just to we'll save we'll save spectral razor because spectral razor can work on any enemy 
the legs are the only ones I can use the clues on, and that luck match it themselves. So let's blast apart a leg. Boom. Clue spent, leg gone. Frank did send me a little bit of a crib sheet so I don't forget to do anything. He cares about me. Upkeep at luck. Doom. Then encounter cuts, obviously. So that's my three actions. One leg gone. Straight away. Boom. Just boom. Leg gone. We'll do the upkeep phase. So I've drawn scrounge for supplies. Not terrible. I'm on two resources. We've done a lot of uh, moving stuff around. So let's just have a quick recap on where I am. So I've got my forbidden knowledge with two charges on it. I've got my heirloom. I've got the shining trapezohedron. I've got Diana with a single charge left on her and read the signs. I'm at six damage and sorry, six health and eight sanity, two resources and now no clues. In my hand, I've still got the mind's eye. I've got crystal pendulum, spectral razor, unexpected courage, meat cleaver and scrounge for supplies. Scrounge for supplies is looking. I've got read the signs without without a fighting fearless in my in my discard. So I mean, it could be a nice spectral razor. Get it back and then. Yeah, you know, play Spectral Razor, scrounge it back if I get if an enemy appears. So we will see. Uh, that's my upkeep. Uh, I like Natchez, so we'll draw a token. That's a minus one. So it moves clockwise, the number equal to the negative modifier. If the modifier is negative, spin it clockwise x times where x is the token's negative modifier. So it's going to spin clockwise one space. Cool. So now I am not next to any of these locations and could move back if i get these right right let, let's let's do doing what I shouldn't do is planning before i've drawn my encounter card so that's doom on the agenda so i'm at five of na uh, nine and we'll draw an encounter card and we've got spinner and darkness attached to the nearest ancient one enemy attached enemy gets plus one damage and plus one horror Actions test any skill five. If you succeed, discard the spinner of darkness. That's not the end of the world, I think. I'm going to put this one on the one at the top location. I tell you what. So if we imagine we've got, uh, let's do north, east, south, and west, or like because that's probably the easiest way to do this without like taking pictures. So because we've the one at the that was in the the northeast location, I've killed. Right, they did that first action, uh, last action, last turn. Sorry, we now have north, west, and south all have enemies adjacent to them, uh, legs adjacent to them. So I could move back to north and blast that leg if I can get these two clues, which I'm confident I can do. What I think I'm going to do is use Diana Esperance, use the last charge on her. Let's just plan the turn briefly first. I'm going to use the last charge on her to get. So you play read the signs at this location, which should get me two clues. Then I could move one space round and then blast that leg apart, which leaves me with another clue to kill another leg. Yeah. And then next turn, that I'll have three resources, because I've got two resources at the moment, which is enough to play Mind's Eye. Then I could start punching some, some legs. And what I might do at that point is replace... No, I, I don't have to. So I've got... Yeah. I've got three relic slots. So I've got the, the shiny trapezohedron, I've got the heirloom, and I could play the crystal pendulum I've got in my hand, which would be pretty useful. So let's do that then. Let's first action, we're going to use Diana Esperance. So I'm going to, I'm not going to exhaust it yet. I'm going to exhaust the shining trapezohedron to take a two difficulty willpower test. We draw on a zero. Perfect. And then I'm going to play the, so I'm going to exhaust Diana, spend that last secret, and play with the signs. 
So this is going to stay, Rita Signs will stay on Diana now until Diana dies, I guess, even though she's got no secrets left on her. That's fine. We've got another copy of Rita Signs in our discard if we want to scrounge it back. So I'm investigating now at seven on three. So I don't need to put any icons into this test because our worst token is a minus four. That's a skull. A skulls are now also zero, actually, so I'm just going to move those back up. So zero, so that's a pass. So I've played a spell event, so Heirloom will draw me a card. Oh, it's another copy of Mind's Eye. So I've got two Mind's Eye in my hand, which is nice. And that gets me two clues for this location. So that is tasty as. So we're going to then... It is kind of tempting to stay where I am and just build up some more. Like, the legs are going to come to me. <laughs> so, yeah, screw it. Left, left. Uh, I've got to take a... After you enter this location, I've got test. I think I'm actually going to take a resource. Just because there's quite a few cards I want to play. And I'm going to let some legs come to me. Yeah, so, so, so we're going to stay here. I'm going to take a resource, which puts me on three resources. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards in my hand. Uh, so at the end of my turn, so I will... There's no enemies that I can attack. So I'm going to draw a card. Uh, upkeep. <laughs> it's another copy of Mind's Eye. So I have all three Mind's Eye in my hand. That is fine. <laughs> uh, four resources. So we'll put a Doom on the agenda. Uh, no, 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 we won't. We will move at like Nacha first. Uh, minus one again. So that is perfect. So he's going to move around to me. I'm calling the legs he, but the spider she. It's an interesting unconscious bias of some sort, I'm sure. I do actually have a spider, so I know a bit about spiders and their genders. Or their sexes, I guess. The the sexual dimorphism in spiders. The, I think the females have... Oh, one has larger bodies and shorter legs, and the one has smaller bodies and longer legs. So they, they tend to be the same size, no matter whether they're, they're male or female. But their bodies are different sizes amongst that. And the males will usually die after they've mated. Uh, so they'll... Often it's it's like said that spiders will, will mate and then the, the female spider will eat the male or kill it. Um, and that does happen. But even if they don't, the male like the male just gets really morose and like, stops eating once it's mated and uh, will just go and sit in a hole and die. At least that applies for tarantulas. I don't claim to be a universal spider expert. I've got a pet spider, but that's that's all I know. Okay, cool. Right. So that was the spider moving. So I've now got a spider leg at my location, which is fine. And um, we're going to doom the agenda. So we're on six of nine. And then we're going to draw an encounter card. It is spinner in darkness. Now, I don't see a reason why we can't have two spinner in darkness on the same enemy. So that's going to go on that enemy. That makes me feel like I didn't shuffle the deck because I just drew two of those. I'll give it another shuffle just in case. Okay, what we're going to do. So... Obvious play is to just blast this guy apart, right? The spinner in darkness don't increase its health. So I could just spend a clue and kill it. I need to spend clues. So, yeah. In fact, what I could do, there's, an, there's an, now a spider at the exact opposite location as well. So what I could do is blast this leg, move directly across from me and blast the other leg. So that would be two legs in one turn. That feels pretty good, right? And then... That leaves me to play Mind's Eye at the beginning of the turn after, and then pump it up. Yeah, screw it. Let's 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 go. Let's kill them legs. Right. So spend a clue. That's both Spinner in the Darkness in the discard pile. That's that leg in the victory display. Boom. 
uh, and then we will use the action ability on this great web. If it is not act one, it is not act one. And there are, there's no clues in this location. Move to the location directly across from this one. So let's move to our location. This is a web woven island. So this has one clue, one shroud. As an additional cost to investigate this location, we must either spend one action or place one doom on this location. We do kind of want to get like a bunch of clues because um, I think they help in the next phase as well. I think they help in the next phase as well. But we will see. Could make killing, having even just a single clue could make killing Natcher pretty straightforward. That would be nice. Yeah, so, so we're doing move, as in blast, move, blast. I don't think there's a limit on that ability. No, there is not. So yeah, that's just the second leg, uh, third leg down. Oh, this spider has no idea what's hit it. Oh, that has to go on the visual display upside down. That's distressing. Cool, but that's my turn. So I've done nothing. I've not built any temple this turn. All I've done is kill legs. Uh, and the last leg is is miles away from me. Right. So that's the end of my turn. Got no enemies, so we do upkeep. Ooh, Storm of Spirits. Hello. Where have you been all my life? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards in my hand. Need to discard something. Controversially, I think I'm going to drop Meat Cleaver. I don't think I'm going to need it, he says. <laughs> I've got three mind's eye, and that's a basically a Meat Cleaver. So once I get that into play, then we're good. Right, first up, let's move this. Let's spin that spider. That's a zero. So the spider's going to stay where he is this turn. Sweet. Then we put Doom on the agenda, so we're at 7 out of 9, and then I'm going to draw an encounter card, and I've drawn Ancient Evils. Well, nothing we can do about that. That puts us at 8, so next turn, this bad boy's going to gonna advance. Like I say, almost nothing we can do about that. It's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Right, so what we're going to do... So this turn, I think what I want to do is play Mind's Eye. I could play Mind's Eye and get this clue. I do need a clue. It's two actions to get a clue at this location. Again, the leg's going to start to come towards us, right? It'd be really nice if it spun right the way around. Or I can move up to the location it's currently next to and and then blast it from there. This is the slightly... this I, I've been doing well so far because a clue is a leg gone, right? However, the difficulty I'm going to run into is that you've got to chase down that last leg. Yeah, you've got to chase down that last leg. Which is, could be getting difficult. It's likely to move. So let's have a look where it could move to, right? Currently, it's two locations away. So the furthest it could be away, right, is uh, one, two, so one, two, three, four is the other side of the map. One, two, three, four, yeah? So that would be if I drew a minus two, it ends up at the, in the direct opposite side to me. I think then all I do is wait another turn and see if it comes right the way back round. I think. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to play Mind's Eye and then investigate this location. Is it Mind's Eye? Yes. So that's one, two, three. I'll play Mind's Eye. Uh, and then I'm going to dis just discard the other two copies. I'm going to discard another copy of Mind's Eye to put two more charges on it. I'm just going to keep the other one in my hand just in case something zaps an asset I've got. It's got a, a, an icon on it as well, so I could always use that. So that's action one. Uh, action two, let's spend a charge to test my willpower instead of my intellect for this. So that puts me on five on one, and this is two actions because of this, the ability on this location. Oh man, you know what would have been great here is read the signs? Because I think that ignores that ability. 
who knows? Doesn't matter. I'm not using it anyway. So we've drawn a elder thing. That's minus three. So that's still a pass because I'm I'm five on one. Flu. Sweet. Right. That's my turn. So play mind's eye and then two actions to investigate. It's tempted to spend the doom actually. Never mind. Okay. Upkeep. I've drawn quantum flux. That is not a bad play to be fair because I've not drawn gone about through just about half my deck and I've not drawn my weaknesses yet. So that's actually not a terrible play. I'll sum up where I am just just because it's nice just to reset my brain. We've got Forbidden Knowledge still with two charges on it. We've got the Heirloom, we've got Shining Trapezohedron, we've got Mind's Eye. We've got Diana who's now empty of charges with the Read Signs attached to her. So it'd be nice to just get her attacked a bit. We've got in hand we've got another copy of Mind's Eye. We've got Crystal Pendulum, we've got Spectral Razor, we've got Unexpected Courage, we've got Scrounge for Supplies, we've got Storm of Spirits, and we've got Quantum Flux. We've got three resources, and we're actually full on damage and horror. So that's that's nice. Right, first of all, let's spin that spider. What have we drawn? We've drawn a minus one. Mm, that's not great. So the last leg is at north, and I'm at... I'm at southwest. Oof, that's like I can't move enough to get to it. I think I want to move in the opposite direction. So again, so the most common token in the bag is actually zero because I've got a cultist, two zeros, and then three skulls. Three. Uh, so if I move one, two, three to there. So what I'm thinking is... One, two, three. I can't get a clue then, but I don't think that's the end of the world. Yeah, what I'm thinking is, if I move, 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 effectively to to east, the spider leg, which is at north, I'm two moves away if it doesn't move. I'm one move away if it moves twice. I'm on the location if it moves three times. And if it moves four times, I'm one location away. So that would mean I'm basically guaranteed to be able to hit it the turn after. Hang on, what I haven't done is drawn an encounter card. Um, we've drawn obscuring fog. Yes, that is one hundred percent fine. Oh, I'm an idiot. What I haven't done is bloody advanced. Uh, put the doom on the agenda. Right. So that's nine. So actually, what I should have done is shuffle all this back in. I'm just going to stick with the encounter card I've drawn now because I've attached it to my location. Uh, let's give that a good shuffle, and let's flip this over. There is no air in this interdimensional space. Even in the bleak pits of the underworld, you sensed cold wind coiling through the depths or warm, noxious gas rising from the sea of pitch. But here, there is nothing. No air, no atmosphere, no life whatsoever, save for you and the spiders whose work nears completion. Just as you are contemplating how anything can exist at all in this awful world between worlds, you hear a sound like the stretching and tearing of fabric. Then a rush of billowing air erupts all around you, filling the vastness of the realm like dust in a vacuum. This wind must be coming from somewhere, and that can only mean one thing. Worlds are starting to merge. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Knew that was coming, so I've done that. A trail of twists! In this void between realities, there can be no hope or joy. Just the ceaseless toiling of spiders performing their great work, closer and closer to completion with each passing moment. This agenda gets plus two doom threshold. When this agenda advances, do not remove doom in play from locations. And that has 11 so we're not doing too badly we're really not doing too badly okay so uh yes pretend i drew that obscure fog right now um, i don't care 
that I did that in the wrong order. There's a lot to think, and I'm just one one guy, right? Leave me alone. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, this turn is just going to be move, move, move. So I'm going to move to this. I'm going to move to south. After you enter this location, oof, that's rough. Test three agility. If you fail, you must either lose one action for each point you fail by or place one doom in this location. That's not good at all. Why I'm going to do, I think I'm going to use mind's eye to test this at five. So I'm five on three. Zero. It's a pass. I've not drawn that minus four once. It's kind of ominous. Ah, oh, it's the same one. <laughs> Prison of Cocoons, it's called. Yeah, screw it. We'll just use another mind's eye charge. And actually, I'm just going to pitch the other mind's eye to put another two on there. So I've got four tokens on mind's eye currently. It's another zero. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> uh, sweet. So move, move, move into here. It is Webstairs. After this location is revealed, place one doom on it. And it's five shrouded, one clue. But that's the end of our turn. So we're going to do our upkeep. That's another spectral razor. And we're on four resources. Nothing much has changed. Let's move that spider. Minus two. So that's good. That has meant the last leg is at our location. So actually, that was... Although that was a really boring turn, just move, 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 it actually worked out really well. Put a Doom on the agenda. So that's one Doom on the agenda, but two Doom in play. Um, so that's two out of 11. And uh, Mythos card. I've drawn Sickening Webs. Oof. Oh, that's not good. Uh, attached to your location, each spider enemy at attached location gains Retaliate and Alert. Investigators cannot move out of attached location. Action, test three combat or three agility. If you succeed, discard Sickening Webs. Now this is a bad card for us, but we do have Mind's Eye, so we can we can just imagine our way out of this mess. So what I think I'm going to do this turn is investigate. I mean, actually, it's a pretty tough investigate. I would like a... I've got two Spectral Razors in hand, so even if I'm not zapping Atlagnacha with clues, I can zap her with Spectral Razors. I think what I'm going to do is try and get rid of Sickening Webs, spend my last clue to kill the last leg, and then we'll advance and see what happens. So I'm going to spend a Mind's Eye Charge. Thank God that came along when it did, like, for... It doesn't really matter. Let's make it a combat test. Why not? Let's commit Quantum Flux, because I don't think I am going to need it, which puts me on six on three. Then let's say it's combat. Why not? Oh, thank God. Right, that's the Elder Thing sign. So that's minus three. I'll have to put it. That is minus three. Yeah, minus three. Whew. That was lucky. So that guy's gone. I'll spend an action to spend my last clue, and that deals three damage to this leg. And that goes in the victory display. Woo-hoo. And then we advance the uh, act. Having severed the wretched spider's legs and unraveled the webs it stood on, you hope that this would send the thing careening into the endless void below. But as it falls, more thin, jagged legs erupt from below its abdomen, and it grips onto a nearby platform, just barely catching itself. This is where Kurt Russell says, you got to be effing kidding me. Sorry, you got to be effing kidding. It's not me. The horrible maw, which extends down the length of its, wor of its worm-like head, wrenches open. From it emerges a screech like a thousand nails on a, char a charbard, a chalkboard. Flip Atlaknatcha's centre card over to its enemy side. Place it at the location with the most doom on it. That is my location. Woo-hoo. She is a big, big lad. Massive. Right, so I've got an action left. Let's read the next one. 
You're the last line of defense against the creatures that scheme to devour your world. Action. Spend one clue. Deal three damage to an ancient one enemy at your location. Uh, forced. When the mythos phase begins, reveal a random token from the chaos bag. If its modifier is negative, move Atlaknatcha clockwise X times. X is the token's negative modifier. If Atlaknatcha is defeated, advance. Cool. So we just got to blast this big spider thing. Atlaknatcha, the spider god. Four fight, four health, and four agility. Ancient one spider elite. Massive. When Atlaknatcha leaves a location, if there are no investigators at that location, place one doom there. Otherwise, it attacks each investigator at that location. After you evade Atlaknatcha, instead of exhausting it, choose an investigator at your location. It cannot attack the chosen investigator this round. So I'm potentially, if I don't evade Atlaknatcha, I'm going to get hit twice. Now, honestly, I think that's fine because I've got Diana Esperance in place. She can absorb most of an attack and that deals me one horror. I've got an action left. What I think I can do is use Forbidden Knowledge to take a resource and deal a horror, uh, take a horror, which deals a damage to Atlaknatcha. Then I can play Spectral Razor. That will deal two damage. Then when it attacks me in the enemy phase, I'll take a horror and that means I can deal another damage back to the spider thing, and then it's dead. I do have two spectral razors in hand as well. So I've even got a shot at another shot at doing that if this fails. I'm gonna spend I'm not gonna use I'm not gonna use a shining trapezohedron because it's a test I could pull the auto fail on. Right? So I'm gonna spend two resources and play spectral razor. So I'm fighting at seven on four. What I think I'm gonna do is commit unexpected courage to this test which puts me on so I've got 4 fight plus 5 that's 9 on 4 so let's put the token it's a minus 1 right that's a hit and then I'm going to use forbidden knowledge to take a horror and get a resource which leaves me on 3 resources and 7 sanity so that deals 3 damage in total to like Matcha so 2 from the spectral razor because she's elite and 1 from Agnes's ability okay so that's the end of my, that's the end of the investigation phase She's going to attack me, so I'm going to take two damage and one horror on Diana Esperance, which kills Diana. Sorry, Diana. But that leaves one horror on me, so I deal one damage to Atlaknatcha, which takes her to four, which kills her. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, Atlaknatcha, you come at the king, you best not miss. I'm just going to double check I've done that right. Yeah, because she doesn't move until... I'm just going to check she didn't move at the end of the last one. I think she appears... She does appear at the location with the most doom on it, which is my location, right? Yeah, it's the only location with doom on it. That is that one. Double check she doesn't move. No, place it at the location with the most doom on it. And all I did was fight. She doesn't trigger an attack of opportunity. Boom, so she's dead. Oh, we'll take that. The creature thrashes about violently as its webbing is ripped apart. The shimmer fades from the bridge's threads. In the distance, the cosmic array of lights winks out of existence, star by star. The spider's pained screech is deafening. You're not sure if it would be possible to kill a creature such as this, but you've done more harm to it in destroying its life work than you could ever done with bullets and blades. As the woven threads of spider silk unravel, this realm's many suspended platforms of rock crumble and collapse into the endless ether below. You struggle to find something to stand on or grab a hold of. Without the support of the web bridge, the entire dimension collapses all around you. With a final desperate screech that echoes throughout this world between worlds, Atlaknatcha plunges into the eternal darkness below. You are quick to follow. Resolution 1. 
You clutch a silken thread, the only thing keeping you from plummeting through the endless depths of the void. In your campaign log, record the bridge was destroyed. Each investigator earns experience equal to the victory X value of each card in the victory display. Each investigator earns five bonus experience as they prevented the dreamlands and reality from merging. Uh, check the campaign log resolve the topmost option that applies. And I think that is skip to resolution number five. You stop the spider god from completing its web, but in the process you have cut off the quickest way for you to return home. So with your task complete, you begin the long climb toward reality. You are lucky that remnants of the web bridge still remain intact, but you have been stranded in this hellish world between worlds. It takes many hours for you to retrace your steps to the underworld. You eventually emerge from the, tar- the thick, tar-like sea of pitch close to the shoreline. To your dismay, you realise that you are on the opposite shore-, shore of the sea from the dark veil from which you once embarked. With no way to cross the deadly sea, you'll have to find another way out of this barren expanse. Days pass as you continue to explore the underworld, reaching darker and more forbidden lands as you travel deeper and deeper below the crust of the Earth's dreamlands. Though you eventually find a stairway up, it is very different from the one leading to the unnameable. A spiralling, otherworldly series of steps that reach dizzying heights and break all the laws of reality. When you reach the top, your heart sinks. There is no sign of Arkham here. You are greeted instead by a strange ruined city and its half-human denizens. The creatures inform you that you have reached the lost city of Sarcomand. It appears your return journey is far from over. In your campaign log, record that the investigator is still in the dreamlands. Each investigator suffers two physical trauma from their fierce fight with the spider god. If you are playing uh, the Web of Dreams as a four-part campaign, the investigators win the campaign. However, we are not. If you are playing the Dream Quest and the Web of Dreams as an interconnected eight-part campaign, uh, we go to the epilogue. And I think we're going to record that on another another episode of Frank and I. So yeah, that was that was good. I think the encounter deck wasn't too bad. Getting sickening webs earlier would have been really tough. I had plenty of doom left. There was plenty of doom left for me to spend. So like lots of the cards, I don't think would have been too bad. Grey Weaver would have been a bit tough to deal. I had Spectral Razor in my hand for quite a while, so that wasn't too bad. I must have... I'm sure I shuffled the deck once I put the Spinner of Darkness in, because that, like, if you're spending the clues to kill those legs, that is not an issue at all. It just just blasted apart. Getting Mind's Eye right when I had to do two agility tests, I think is pretty good. That worked out well. What was the other location? So the last location... Sorry, there's two more locations we've got. Fast web, yeah, that's the one with two clues. And then tangled web, which is the one where if you're at it at the end of the turn, you put a doom on it. That's pretty rough. Yeah, I guess getting uh, getting Read the Signs early and getting Diana to put Read the Signs on, that was absolutely the right call because she just was all the clues I needed through the beginning of that game. She's such a mega soak as well. i tell you what else worked out really well in my favour is getting the... Having the the doom location right before Atlagnatcha appeared, so she just appeared straight in my location. So like, if she, yeah, the threshold on this is eleven, but when she starts moving, like that can be like two to four doom a turn. So you, and, and I'm one investigator, so I've got to run around, get to her, and try and try and kill her in one turn. That's really tough. Well, it's tougher. I think this scenario. I'm curious to see how Frank got on, because I think that scenario is by far the tougher in solo. This one is probably a bit easier of the two. 
especially if you're able to get the clues. I think, yeah, as I say, putting Read the Sands on Diana, that felt really good because the clues serve such double purpose in this in this scenario. Being able to focus purely on the clues to kill the legs, that was a real boon. That worked really, really well. So I only needed to pick up, what did I pick up, like four clues? One, two, three, four clues. Yeah, that was enough. Spent one on each leg. Why don't I have a clue left? Oh, I'll tell you what, though. Yes, yeah, hang on. Actually, yeah, that was three damage to an ancient one in your location. Yeah. So actually, what I'd forgotten was that action can trigger attacks of opportunity. This, the legs don't make attacks of opportunity, but Aflacnatcha can. So spending clues to damage her if you haven't evaded her is pretty rough. Yeah, well, there we go. That's it. Dream eaters. Um, I've eaten the dreams. Did get eaten. Fingers crossed I didn't forget to use Shining Trapezohedron and the spell right for the whole game. <laughs> uh, we will see when Frank comes through the edit how many times I've done that wrong. I think I'm okay. I don't think I've made any other glaring howlers. If I have, I'm going to re-record this. <laughs> so you'll never know. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, folks. It's been a bit nerve-wracking doing this because it feels quite naked to, to stick your play out there for people to judge. But in all honesty, I think it's gone pretty well. I think this is this is a really neat deck. And if you draw the right cards, like getting those mind's eyes, you're like, you know, you, you're kind of set then. Interested to see how it goes in multiplayer. It's kind of like a jack of all trades, isn't it? So I guess you could maybe build it more offensively focused if you were doing it as part of a team. What you could maybe do is look at like Blinding Light is one of your spells because that's like an offensive spell as well and you can keep on recurring that obviously scrounge doesn't get it back but you know you can you get quantum fluxes in there yeah anyway yeah i hope people have enjoyed this and um feel free to send feedback in you know how to get hold of us um and depending i don't know whether you'll heard frank's first we'll be going into the epilogue soon uh, thanks all bye <laughs>